0: There's a version of spirituality crafted by capitalism, decorated in shiny crystals, and perpetuated by Instagram influencers. And then there's a version of spirituality that our ancestors practiced that fostered deep rememberings and activations of the heart, earth, and stars. House of Enlightenhood is a new earth cooperative holding a frequency that rewilds spirituality and brings it back to what it was meant to be about all along. Our innate connection with the divine. Oh, and love, lots of love. I'm Lena Lemos, your host and founder of House of Enlightenment. Thank you for joining me on this podcast as we explore the expansiveness and the messiness of reclaiming the human spiritual experience. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you beautiful souls, and happy Friday. I went to sit down to edit the wonderful intro that I recorded, and it was silent because my mic was on the wrong track. So here I am again <laughs> repeating myself, but is, is it not so aligned with this energy and these times? I know I say this in every podcast intro, but does anyone else just feel like you're on an emotional roller coaster? Like in the past few weeks, I've been having these days where I'm so in my human emotions and really having awareness of, oh, I really haven't healed that yet. Oh, why do I still feel this way about myself? But then I'll have days where it feels like the universe just rolls out the red carpet and I'm seeing bald eagles and there's angel numbers and leaves falling from the trees, and then it's a crash down back into my humanity. And the thing I love the most about this podcast is that these conversations and the themes of them really kind of align with my life, and I never plan it that way, but it really goes to show how we have just such beautiful seasons of our lives, and we always are arriving to the right things at the right time. And so if you just feel like your life is a tornado right now, My heart is with you. And today's episode is just giving so much compassion to our humanity. And I have to say, this is the most favorite conversation that I have ever had on this podcast for two reasons. The first being... There's nothing more that I love than having these conversations and being able to do this during my day to just talk to the most amazing souls from around the world about deep ponderings of our existence and not just any souls but souls that I've literally just met. And I think it just goes to show that when your soul is at a certain frequency and you have a certain amount of understanding you know, inner understanding, the way that you can just connect and relate to people and open your heart and be vulnerable. It has been one of the greatest gifts of my life to be able to do this because when I started this podcast, when I started the original OG Enlightened that was just Q&A articles with moms about spirituality That was all I ever wanted was people to talk to about these things and have these profound conversations because when you really start to dive into yourself, I don't know about you, but I'm over small talk. I am so over small talk. Talk to me about the vulnerabilities of our humanity. Talk to me about your grief and what you're struggling with. Talk to me about the expansiveness of your heart and all the mysteries of the universe and talk to me about the meaning of life. Those are the conversations I want to have. And that's why I have this podcast and it just lights me up so much. So thank you for listening and thank you for being here. The second reason why this is my most favorite episode so far is it really is just a testament to where I'm at, the vision that has inspired House of Enlightenment, and this wisdom of coming home to yourself. But not just that, but this softening of what spirituality means to me and we talk about this in the episode but through my own experiences and kind of entering this spiritual space with a cohort of women it is so interesting how there are these early stages of our spiritual path that are so driven by the ego and not just driven by the ego but they are fueled by capitalism and big business spirituality because it's what we see. And then we're mimicking it. And yeah, we might be into crystals and might start meditating because we see it on Instagram. And eventually, it starts to infiltrate our consciousness, right? And maybe then we start a little shadow work and look at our triggers. And then there's the shift that happens when we really, really start to heal and go within. But it's that detachment from that echo chamber, that capitalistic, patriarchal Spirituality and this shift into this really heart centered, wisdom based spirituality that has changed everything for me. And it is one of the greatest gifts on this spiritual path. And my mission in reimagining and redesigning House of Enlightenment was to create a container where we can all explore our spirituality through that lens, through the understanding that at the end of the day, it's about how we love ourselves and how we can vulnerably show up in all of our light. And isn't that really what life is about, is being able to be exactly as we are in our humanity and in our divinity, and that be enough. So I am just so excited for you to hear this conversation. My wonderful guest is Graham Waterfield. Graham is a spiritual teacher and guide offering Tai Chi, Qigong, meditation, and soul reading predominantly online and to people in his hometown of Glastonbury. He has been training students since 2005 and is extremely passionate about the practices of Tai Chi, meditation, and yoga as healing modalities and continues to practice these every day to experience a healthy, peaceful, and vibrant state of being. Like I said, Graham and I are talking about what it means to reclaim your divinity what it means to find love and compassion for yourself and make room in your life for more peace and understanding and awareness. Again, it is one of my favorite conversations. And if you're into watching videos over listening to podcasts, please go subscribe to our YouTube. There you will find the video version of this interview as well as a bunch of other videos that I've been creating and pouring my heart into. And it would mean the world to me if you would go and subscribe. And help us get some engagement over there because it's not easy to be late in the game to YouTube. But again, the link is in the description of this episode to find us on YouTube. Again, if you want to see Graham's beautiful face and watch our conversation in real time, the video is up there on our YouTube channel, House of Enlightened And all this wisdom with Graham will be up right after this. House of Enlightenment is a heart centered cooperative uniting in the frequency of love. We're building the new earth through community and supportive containers for spiritual exploration, healing, and expansion. House of Enlightened Hood's sacred online gathering space is one part mystery school and one part social community, open to anyone on the inner journey and co-created by a team of light leaders. We believe in a spirituality that returns to our roots. So whether you're just awakening or ready to pioneer a new paradigm of spirituality, we've been waiting for you. Learn more at houseofenlightenedhood.com. Hi, thank you so much for joining me this morning. How are you doing?
1: Lena? it's so, so great to see you. Yeah, I'm doing really well, really well, really well.
0: Uh, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show and I'm so excited to talk today about just reclaiming our divinity and stepping back into our highest self and coming home to ourself. But first I'd really love to know a little bit about your journey, what brought you to this space that you're in now and any wisdom that you can offer from your own path Mm. as you have stepped into this beautiful space.
1: Wow. What a great question. I think my, my journey is similar to most people's in, in, in so much as spirituality is the last saloon. Like you you try everything else when your life turns mm. upside down and inside out. Yeah. And you think, well, I've tried everything now. Might as well try spirituality. It's the last thing left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, my, my life was um, was not bringing me happiness. Not bringing me happiness. And so I was, um, to cut a long story short, I was taken by my mom to a Reiki achievement in which I had a very powerful awakening experience that changed my perspective on reality. And then from that moment onwards, there's been, an for the last 25 years, an insatiable taste or desire, I think, at first maybe to become enlightened, whatever that was. And then yeah. I think where I'm up to now is just to find how to sustain a level of happiness peacefulness and love in my being I guess that's what I am. where I'm at now with this yeah
0: that's really beautiful and I love the word that you, you said enlightenment because I I don't know if you would agree with this but I feel like at the beginning of our journey there's kind of that ego pull that oh I'm spiritual now and I'm stepping into my spiritual self and there's the ego is really driving that and then I feel like after a certain point The ego, you know, through all this work and through all this healing and through being cracked wide open, the ego takes a back seat. Once you get to a certain point in knowing this myself, love watching people transform through, you know, the ego being in the driver's seat on the spiritual path and then watching it beautifully and humbly taking a step back.
1: Oh, how beautiful. I think I've thought a lot about this, you know, and I think it's almost like a necessity I think mm-hmm. we have an ego, and then we 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 create a spiritual ego, and the spiritual ego is a it's still a sense of self that is self serving, that like wants to be the most enlightened, wants to be the most humble, most wise, most most everything, you know. Yeah. And it seems the necessity. I think the the spiritual ego for me is like when you plant a tree in the ground and you have initially you have a big log stuck in the ground next to it it's like Mm -hmm. it's almost inevitable that it seems for everyone that they first they develop a spiritual ego and then as they get clearer in the meditation practices i think this is how it works they start to cringe at themselves like oh i don't believe i just i can't believe i used to say that i can't and so it gets the spiritual ego you start to see how Embarrassing it is to be that. So I think then there's a slow letting go of like, oh, how can I be less of that? And then there's another yeah. interesting bit where you realize you have an ego, and then the, the ego tries to get rid of itself. It's like, okay, let's mm. get rid of the ego. Let's overcome it. Because <laughs> if I get rid of the ego, I'll be the best spiritual person in the world, which yeah. is still the ego. So yeah. I think what I've had to do. Is make, fra- but I realized my ego wasn't going anywhere, and like every time I tried to suppress it, it got crafty, manipulative, and mm. like m- secretly powerful. And think, oh, and I just noticed how I'd be trying to be the best meditator, the best mystic. And mm. I, I think what I've learned to do with my ego is make friends with it, and it's almost mm. like the more I embrace that shadow self, that that crazy little thing that i carry inside of me the more it kind of settles down and it almost becomes like i find it funny now or it's like oh you're not going anywhere i can't get rid of you if i try and deny you become more powerful so therefore let's just relax and it's like mm-hmm. oh I'm like i notice my ego now but we're from a place of happiness and joyfulness it's like oh it's just like a a child playing up inside <laughs> of me you know
0: yeah and I think that brings up a really important part of what I've discovered about our spiritual path is that in order to you know accept our divinity we have to accept our humanity and our ego is a huge part of that right
1: oh that's so beautiful yeah I think that's exactly it I think that's the meaning of uh as above so below or to be in the world but not of it it's that right. how can we live the paradox of knowing we're we're I, I kind of find it funny that all that ever was decided to incarnate itself as a as a clever monkey with neurosis and there was self-obsession. It's like that's the funniest yeah. thing in existence. So maybe this whole thing is a joke. You know, like it's like, let's just be let's create the most ridiculous scenario I could find myself in and just find the humor in it. So I guess that's where. Yeah. Yeah. I like that.
0: Well, when you put it that way, everything that we do is completely ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we were talking about before we started recording about all of the distractions that we give ourselves in this human world that kind of keep us separate from from our divinity. And how how can we start to re, to remove ourselves or at least detach ourselves from from those distractions so we can find the space and find I guess space is the best word for it, to travel
1: inward. Mm-hmm. So that's a good one. I, I think there's different stages to the path. I, I, I liken it to the the energy flow through the body. So I think you, you you said it beautifully. The beginning of the path is like an up and out path. It's like, right, let's get the kundalini up to the crown, blast off, leave myself behind, no more problems, mystical abilities, loads of money yep. and adoration all it'd be great oh my
0: god that was me. you're describing me like right now how did you know
1: <laughs> yeah totally I, I, I could see it in you looked into your eyes and see that <laughs> well you know in me too so we kind of we have that initial like oh get me yeah get super spiritual and then i think that's the first part of the path the up and out and then the the next part is like oh god you know this isn't working I'm still unhappy. I'm still high and low. i am still got all the grasping and the aversion I used to have. So mm-hmm. what's the next part of the path? Oh, okay, I have to learn to live with myself. And for me, that's a descending path through the chakras. And so it's symbology. It's like first, the first thing we learn to do is I, the third eye. I need to silence my mind. You know, I need to silence my mind. And so then we go into no mind, no self, the Buddhist notion of no self. And then we think, "All oh, right, I've cracked it. My mind's quiet now. But then we might find we're still miserable. We still want to be creative beings. We still want to be happy. We still want to fall in love. We still want all of those natural things. So then I think it's almost like the light comes down to the throat and then it's our creativity. Oh, I want to create in the world. They want to express. And so we clean out that capacity of expression. And then I think it comes into the heart and we think, how can oh my god i thought i was enlightened but i treat my partner really badly or i treat my like my my neighbors or my those people in the shops or those people i don't think are as spiritual as me i don't treat or that don't belong to my yoga studio so it's like oh i have to clean out my heart now and then we might clean out our heart and we might find that we don't have any energy in life, so we come to the solar plexus and realize I have to enlighten my emotions. It, I can't just know that I there's no sense of self, I am the light, and then just be angry and miserable all the time. Now I have to be find the key to joyfulness and expression. And then finally I think we, we arrive in our body it's like, oh, no point in being enlightened and happy on a throne that is damp and has all the springs sticking into me and is old and crusty. It's like, oh, I have to clean out this body now. I have to get this body. I have to eat well. I have to exercise. And I think that's the circuit in a nutshell, up and out, then back fully into embodiment for, you know, bring that light down into our daily existence.
0: It's so beautiful that you said that because I've almost seen the same thing, how we get to a certain point where they come from above and below together back into our heart chakra. Yes. I think so much of the spiritual path and getting to a certain point is ending in the heart and the heart opening and i think that's truly the portal
1: Beautiful.
0: to to our divinity is through the heart and i know mary magdalene talks about that a lot in her teachings about ascension is actually going within it's not going upward it's going within and i think we there's so much more to the to our heart space than we realize
1: yeah, absolutely. I don't think it's any coincidence that the heart has three chakras above it and three chakras below.
0: Mm, and I, think that, I didn't even think of that.
1: I think as it's, it's, I think it's like I because some people call this the fourth dimension. People who know things that I probably haven't experienced yet, which is actually the fourth chakra is, is the heart. So maybe this is a dimension in which we're balancing the the upper chakras of heaven and the lower chakras of earth and once once mm. those are, are are in balance heaven and earth that's when we have that capacity to be in the world and not of it and to love without such a sense of self and me you know that yeah. i think that that natural capacity for divine love is there mm.
0: yeah i think too that when we get to a certain place the understanding of unconditional love and how the idea that any one or anything separate from ourself is a condition Oh, so it's not true unconditional love if we're if we're approaching life that way so i think that's almost the ultimate understanding on this path is unconditional love that starts with self oh. and starts with with our heart center
1: Beautiful. I, I love that because I think one of my struggles with love was because I followed predominantly my core path is devotion, which is a path of love really back to yoga, the, the yoga of love. I realized one of the biggest obstacles for, for loving other people I had a very powerful experience around this, you know, like speaking to the universe, merging. But what I was shown in that was the reason I wasn't loving everyone else unconditionally is because I hadn't learned to live my, love myself unconditionally. I Literally, I hadn't learned to love the fact that I couldn't love anyone. I hate myself for it. And it was like, Mm. oh, the starting point is that I have to actually make the peace that I I can't give unconditional love. And the paradox is the more I can do the fact that I can't love unconditionally, the more I love unconditionally. And it's a a weird paradox that we have to face, you know, that the the embrace of everything that isn't divine about us makes us divine. It's so, so interesting.
0: (sighs) I love so much that you said that because I think you know, we're, we're bred, we're conditioned into a wor- a world that thrives on us being unworthy and us not being enough. And it takes a lot of unlearning when you step into a spiritual space to, to love the parts of yourself that you've hated, or you felt shame for, for years. And so much of the work is in doing that of, of loving the shadows and knowing that they're enough and that they're that exactly what you said there, what make you divine. And I wish, I wish so much that that was a conversation that was had on day one. And that was had every day with, with us growing up that we knew that even if we see it as a flaw, it's really our greatest strength.
1: Mm, how beautiful! There's, a, there's that. There's also an interesting take on it, which is the Vedantic philosophy, that is echoed in a, you didn't, in a Neil Donald Walsh's in "The Conversation with God's Books," where he he wrote a children's book. I think it was "A Little Soul in the Sun," and his take on it was that actually all of that is on purpose, also. So it's also that journey where we we can't love ourselves is specifically there so that when we learn to love ourselves, we actually see how beautiful that is And because we haven't had that before. It's a really interesting idea about duality that actually we, we created what we're not in the desire to understand what we are. It's like, you know, we need the opposite, the darkness to understand the light, the, the fear to understand love, so to speak.
0: That's a really beautiful perspective. I, I, I think I would agree with that because I think so much of what I believe of why we chose to come here is like you said, <laughs> the monkey <laughs> um, is to heal and to remember. And I think we have to go through these moments of almost amnesia. Uh, where we're having these experiences, so then we can go through that path to then heal from them and to, to reclaim that love for ourselves. So I really, yeah, I really, now I changed my stance on that. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we do, we do need those experiences to, to cultivate that self-love, because it makes it even more powerful when we understand our own capabilities to self-heal and that we had the power within us all along i think that's one of the most profound moments of our life where we're like dorothy coming home and we realized that home was here all along
1: i i was just thinking of the wizard of oz i was just thinking of when the tan the tin man goes to the the great oz and says you know i i want to have a brain and he goes well here's a diploma you always had a brain kind of thing, but now you've got a diploma. You just believe that you have one.
0: that that story is literally the metaphor for my life and i also think it's a really wonderful, you know, metaphor for spirituality and i i think it's kind of full circle to what we were talking about in the beginning trajectory of our spiritual path that's very ego-based where, you know, we want to open our third eye and we want to activate all of our spiritual gifts and we want, you know, we want to be a medium now and you know know everything about the universe. That's so good. And and we're seeking externally, and I I like you. You had a, we have such a thirst to to grow and and to be the best, spiritual, most spiritual. And then we go through this journey. We go through the path. We go through the forest and the flying monkeys. And then Wanda. then we realize that it was all within us all along. Everything that we needed was was at home, which I believe is in our hearts and within us.
1: Yes, absolutely. Isn't that beautiful? and it's it's a real conundrum sometimes it's like one of the zen sayings is that there's no within that that as soon as you you go within you realize within is without as well it's like
0: mm-hmm.
1: it just all somehow merges it's amazing mm-hmm. but as you say it's like i think there's one of the christian traditions that talks about the translation of when Christ, someone says to Christ, you know, when will you see the kingdom of heaven coming? And he says, you won't see it coming from anywhere because it's already in your midst. And one translation mm-hmm. is already within you. And it's like, yeah. I think that really echoes what you're saying, that, that when we have hell inside of us, like it seems like hell is everywhere. You know, when we're fearful, all we see is fear. When we're angry, we just find everything makes us angry you know, our partner chewing the food that certain way, you know, it's like <laughs> everything yeah. makes us angry. But when we when we have that, when we turn inside and we do that work and we, we clear ourselves out and we find that inner light, that stillness, suddenly it's like that projects outwards and suddenly we're seeing the beauty in other people, even people that other people don't see the beauty and we start to see mm. that reflection of purity in them. And then, then the paradoxes, like Lao Tzu talks about, and the Tao Te Ching, he says, you know, when you see the good in people, it brings out the good in people. When you see the bad in people, it brings the bad out in people. So it's almost as you're saying, the more that we find it inside of ourselves, the more we seem to just experience it on the outside more and more naturally, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think it also helps us realize how much responsibility and capability we have to create our our own universe and our own world and our own life and our own trajectory. And I think at least the way I was raised in my generation, we're taught that that all of that power lies externally with systems and authority figures and right. whatever you name it. We're, we're not necessarily taught that all of that power lies within us to create our own version of of the life that we want to see joy and love and gratitude and abundance and our version of success and happiness we're not taught that 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 capability is something that exists within us
1: that's so true isn't it um it's it's a very strange thing that that and it's one of the big realizations and that kind of finds its way in spirituality as well because mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to create this incredible life myself and it's bringing me so much peace and happiness, which in turn brings peace and happiness to to everyone else in my life, you know? It's, so it's a ripple mm-hmm. effect. But there was the, the whole thing of like, you know, um, you should have no desire. And it was like, okay, I just have to get rid of... And then, but the, then it was like, it, it's really hard. It's so ingrained into us that you can't ask for what you want or you can't...
0: Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm.
1: It's yeah. I'm still exploring that and trying to understand it. So, but because, as you say, I think we can literally bring heaven to earth, both for ourselves and for other people, just through operating for that greatest sense of our being. I think I think it was Mm -hmm. Plato. Quite a few people have said this in different ways. That they say that where your your individual skills meet the needs of the world, that's where you'll find your purpose. Oh, you know. And that's, that's like, oh, you're, you're meant to be incredible at something. You're meant to find mm-hmm. your thing, your, your way of changing yourself and your, uh, to, to, to find your magnificence as an artist, as a singer, as a mystic, as, a, as an accountant, as a whatever it is, whatever your thing is, you're meant to come here, find out what that is. And become incredible at it, you know, make an incredible life for yourself through it. And, and also in doing that, the positive effect that has, if you really do it from that really honoring place of love and compassion and, and service, it, it changes the world in some incredibly beautiful way. And, but yeah, it's, it's weird how it's hardwired into us not to believe that we're here to, or that we're, we're powerless and we can't change the world.
0: Yeah, I think that's centuries and centuries of systems and oppressive structures realizing how powerful that the human is when they're fully in their divinity. Because when you you know you're fully in the power of your mind and your body and your energy fields and your intuition, you, you're unstoppable.
1: I wonder if it's something to do with because I, I there's a kind of savior complex I think many have, especially as you start to awaken that you, you you want to end the suffering and the uh, other beings quite naturally and maybe mm-hmm. we don't have the skill set to do that yet so we want to heal like the sick and we understandably from a place of compassion and maybe that's been the issue with Christs and Buddhas and all the if they existed you know let's just say that they did exist mm-hmm. and let's say that they reached a level of enlightenment or or, 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 or self awareness that we're all capable of doing, you know, even Christ said, or or you're capable, you're capable of all this and more, you know, Um, but maybe the issue was then we turned instead of hearing that and taking the responsibility to become the full version of ourselves, maybe that's where the path of devotion can fall down a bit that like, (laughs) Oh, the divine is outside of me and i need to 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 like neil donald walsh says we project this idea of parent onto it like i need to appease mm. now that idea of divinity i need to make sacrifices i i need to mm-hmm. behave this way and i'll get a pat on the head and if i if i the, the and the the ultimate pat on the head from the most divine in idea we can have is an eternal heaven okay well what's the yeah. worst punishment we could imagine off this parent oh we'll create this endless hell and it's like Yeah, maybe that's been part of the issue with a lot of this stuff of creating these divine figures that are just totally inaccessible, we'll never live up to. So we just give up and think, well, I must be bad then. Maybe that's something around that, perhaps, you know?
0: Yeah, the... Because I think there's a there's the Jesus who who walked in his time and tried to remind people that God was inside of them. Mm. And from all that I've read, and what I feel into energetically is that he never necessarily wanted to be a savior or a guru that he just wanted to, to serve and to remind people of their divinity. And then over time, I think it's, I don't know if it's you know, the, the church or people of power who create these, these saviors, mm. who, you know, who turn to, to, to seek their own power or pat on the head, like you said, and that still, you know, keeps people from understanding that that power is within, within mm. themselves.
1: And isn't it so beautiful when you start to find that power in yourself that, wow, I actually have a say in my existence. Yeah, I'm actually allowed to be happy. I'm allowed to Not be so critical and hateful towards it. All this, and it's almost like I I see. I I I, I used to call it seeing myself through the eyes of my soul. So if there is a place Mm. of divinity which we call unconditional love, and if I am, my journey is to merge with that state of consciousness. That state of consciousness, which is unconditional love, can look at all aspects of me and not be as concerned about half the stuff I am about myself and so it's Mm -hmm. like when you start yeah when we start to discover that it makes life so much more beautiful
0: it does Mm. it changes everything it changes for me personally it's changed the way I've seen my entire life it changes it changed the way I've seen others my loved ones it changed the way I see the way that we exist in the world and where, where we're giving our power away, where we're giving our joy away. And I think joy is a huge part of it too, that kind of goes hand in hand with unconditional love. Just this, you know, I I think our natural state is to be full of joy and service and, and love. And when we're giving this power away to these external, whether it's systems or to an external savior, we're, we're giving all of that away when we have so much power to create joy right here. We have the power to create happiness and, and love in this mm-hmm. moment. Peace. We always have that choice.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think, I think that's the, 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 the Buddhists have it as like the, you know, the, the peace comes within. And when, when they, when they talk about happiness in Buddhism, they talk about that. So that state is in a peace. And then, you know, the, there's a mm-hmm. Christian mystical teaching of those who reside in love, you know, are in God and God in them that in another, in, in other words, When we're in those joyful states, when we're in those more loving and peaceful states, we're 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 coming from that operating system that seems to exist without outside of what we could call our conditioned self. Everything we've been told to think, told to believe. So yeah, I think this is all pointing back to ourselves, and maybe that's part of the the awakening of the world at the moment that we're we're seeing that that step back towards divinity, which is why a lot of the 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 structured religions you know the the, the churchianity and and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff is falling away maybe we are on some kind of spiritual evolution at the moment a kind of a, a, a global awakening I, I sometimes yeah. wonder even though the COVID experience has been very very it's a, it's a wide spectrum. People have had terrible experiences um, people have had very beautiful experiences within the context of that shared communal thing, you know, and, uh, from a, from a, from a spiritual, what I could call a spiritual perspective. I, I noticed that within my life, it's when I have to face things around mortality, um, mm. losing all my money, losing my family, that's the times I have to really look deep within myself to find where is the happiness in this? Well, not, I don't mean that in a, in a -hmm. a kind of cheesy way. I mean, how can I deal with this in a way that doesn't destroy my, my sense of self? You know, in other words, how can I retain some wisdom and peace and centeredness? And, and, and they've, those, those challenging times in my life have been the most awakening, the most powerful, like potential yeah. for healing and for, for growth and new understanding so I, I even wonder if if there is like many mystics have said that this is a transition into a we're, we're in yeah. a transition time into quite a big spiritual awakening where the, the world right. is going to change direction and on a we're not discounting people's suffering as they've gone through this experience and the loss of loved ones and, and people in like certain countries in the world really going through the mill. Like we can't imagine, I think, within awareness of that, I wonder if this is some kind of collective awakening, collective awakening process, as dark as it is, it's, it's getting to us to question like, should we be at work this much? You know, loads of people yeah. have been at home and they've suddenly reconnected with families and, and or re, refound hobbies or had ch- space within the mind to think about their lives in new directions and possibilities. I, I, I really wonder if this is going to lead to some kind of what you could call a renaissance, a spiritual renaissance, re, re, you know, at the end of this. It would be very interesting to see how it unfolds. What, what's been your experience of the. Um, Last year or so:
0: Well, I was going to say you know what happened before the Renaissance was the play. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
0: So that's what I've always wondered, and I, I agree too. We're seeing where our systems are broken. We're seeing where we're exerting our energy in ways that aren't serving our our highest good whether it's working too much you know not spending enough time with our family not spending enough time outside not spending enough time in quiet reflecting and it's for me personally i have really honored this time i i i'm an introvert so i've When I heard that I didn't have to go anywhere, it was a huge blessing, (laughs) but I really honored this time to go within. And I've been so fortunate that my husband's a teacher, so he actually just went back to be in the building, but he was home for a year. So it was him, my daughter, myself our dog just hunkering down at home and having that space and the extra help really gave me the space to go in. And I experienced my deepest healing and my deepest transformation during this time, because I was given that space to, to reflect, to go within, to heal, to purge, to, to find peace and to really cut ties with the external world that, that was giving the, where I was giving my power away. And so much of that for me was the content I was consuming on social media and the news, mindlessly watching TV, not serving my body, not getting outside enough, not honoring the sacred temple of my body. And through this time, I've been able to cut the cord on so much of of the consumption of media and digital media and and get outside so much and, and really reconnect with Mother Earth because... I think that was the biggest lesson during this pandemic is I live in suburbia outside of New York City and it's not my favorite place. I, I grew up in the Finger Lakes of New York State and for anyone who's familiar it's full of gorges and waterfalls and lakes and wineries and beautiful nature and so when I moved here I slowly, you know, my my relationship with mother earth slowly died and this time was a huge wake up call for that. Mm. and that has been a huge part of my transformation too is just reconnecting to the to the energy of mother earth where i realized my lower chakras my root chakra was shot because i wasn't i wasn't spending any time outside and this time really forced me to to do to do that and to reconnect
1: Mm, beautiful yeah i think that's what we're here to do isn't it i think i always used to feel that on holiday when i was really i was in sales for a number of years and when, when I go off, I'd often go off to Scotland at the time, up to the mountains, and it was like it everything became clear when I wasn't so stuck mm. in the rat race and the the constant yes. working, the constant cycle of you know what you could call um, yeah, that that consumer society. It seems like it's a, it's almost like it, it, it needs something big to awaken people because this this yeah. world is it seems to be they call it you know illusion in in the east they call it maya yeah. you know the illusion as you probably know mm. and it is it's it's so crafty of pulling us back in you know it's mm-hmm. so crafty like the i think in in work they call it the the golden handcuff you know it's like it's it's a it's a kind of nice looking handcuff so it's like you know it it it, it, it bonds us to this world in some way and <laughs> as you say it takes that pause sometimes that that moment of discomfort and stillness to really to start to understand these more subtle levels of of perceiving who we are and what life is and the reason that we're here so hopefully there, there will be a blessing in this yeah i mean i, I am lucky because i live in glastonbury which you you know is 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 a what you would call a a place it if it was in India, it would be a pay, place people come to for pilgrimage. And I, I'm lucky enough to live here, so in a way, for, for the last six months since I've been based here, it's like a it's like an energy bubble. It almost seems like a, a different universe here to to what I what I perceive on on the news and what people are experiencing in cities. And mm-hmm. I, I speak to some of my friends who who live in like well, you've probably heard of Manchester and Liverpool, mm-hmm. you know, and they're having a totally different experience of this whole pandemic to to myself you know here it's it's, it's very it's very calm the population is quite low you know there's, there's, there's countryside everywhere so there's plenty of time to go and reconnect with nature and ground and be still and i don't really watch television or the news so i'm not so polluted by what's happening mm-hmm. in the world you know so yeah i'm, I'm quite lucky here really to yeah I'm, I, I guess i'm not really experiencing the the world that a lot of people are experiencing at the moment. Mm.
0: Well, it's been such a pleasure mm. sitting down to talk with you about this. This is one of my favorite topics about coming back home to ourselves and just reclaiming that divinity because uh, like we've expressed so much during our time together, it changes everything and it changes our entire perspective on on what's important, what we have control over, what we can change and how we can continue to grow. I like to end with wise words for anyone watching or listening who just needs that extra encouragement to to step into their highest self and to to reclaim their divinity. So what are your wise words to end on?
1: It's 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 a cliche but it's the really understanding that your whole life is this moment. There's nothing else happening. Like the the past is is happening now within your memory. Your future is happening now within your imagination. So to, to really change your life, it, it it's just the realization that it's just a, to light up this moment. When you light up this moment, you light up your whole life. When you become happy, compassionate, uh, self-loving, uh, when you in this moment can connect with the most magnificent, and beautiful imagination, emotion, sensation you can have about yourself. If you just get good at that, that's enough. That will change everything, you know. And believe that you're worthy of love, whoever you are. That whoever you are now, you're worthy of being happy. Whoever you are now, you've got the same creative potential as absolutely anyone else on the planet. When you learn to to, to, to imagine to, to, to see yourself worthy of success and beauty and having a beautiful life. You work on those things and you'll be a blessing to us all. You know, if we see you, you living your, your potential, you'll inspire other people to do the same and you'll change the world just through your existence alone. Yeah, that would be it.
0: That was so beautifully said. I have goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening to House of Enlightenhood. As always, I am so grateful for your support. If you enjoyed the show, please share it or leave a review or subscribe. A little bit goes a long way. You can find me, your host, Lena Lemos, over on Instagram at I am Lemos or Enlightenhood. But honestly, there is so much more going on within our spiritual cooperative platform than is happening on social media these days. Until next time, you beautiful souls.